0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Friday Night Live. My name is Mark Fattori. I am your sit-in host for this evening. I've got uh, co-host Sean Floyd-Pereira and today we are going to be going into a whole bunch of discussions around why investment agents put up with a lot of your stuff. I couldn't press the button there to say a certain word, but doesn't matter. We 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 deal with a lot, but we wanted to go into a little bit more depth. And Sean, I'll let you introduce the topic. Sure, today, um, as to you know, uh, the challenges that we face on our end, um, rather than you guys as investors, but how you can uh, not only make our life a bit easier, but I think more importantly, <laughs> I think I think myself a, a bit easier.
1: Absolutely, and I think from a collective scope, we've all agreed that just for today, it is uh, Mark the Wolf of Marsden Street, Sean the Shark of Sydney are together going to be presenting to you a day in the life of an investment agent, a day in the life of an investment firm. And the reason we wanted to bring this to you, ladies and gentlemen, today more so than anything else is because for the last 12 to 18, 24, 48 months, we have covered on our podcasts the challenges that everyone on the opposite side of the table Mm -hmm. of us face every single day. Mm -hmm. So today we've thought let's bring to you – the set of challenges that we face on a day-to-day perspective. So in terms of really introducing the topic today, Mark, I think I've summarized it best, which is a day in the life or a a journey in the life of a pro, a professional investment agent. So mm-hmm. from a Q&A perspective, I'll, I'll pass it back to you from a Q&A perspective, but I've got some personal Q&As of myself to direct towards towards yourself as well. Um, but if you wanted to sort of kick off with um, some baseline or headline questions, mm-hmm. we're going to be keeping yeah. today's conversation very conversationalist, um, the way that the shark and the wolf always do it back to back. So we're going to be um, excited for today's episode. I know you guys will enjoy it.
0: Nice. So, guys, I think one thing that we come across a lot, just so you've got to be the context here, is there's a, you know, uh, a lot of people that have a lot of people around them that have a lot of opinions, okay? And that for us is no challenge in itself, but it does convolute, I guess, our investors, uh, let's say not only uh, immediate vision of what they're acquiring at the time, but also their foresight, right? What they're looking at in the future. This is something that I personally believe is, it's bad, right? It's bad. Now, the reason why I say that is because with my own personal Uh, investment, let's say, portfolio, right? It's been a decision that gets made on the spot and that's it. Once the decision is made, Mm. there might be a bit of back and forth thinking about it, leading into it, but usually I'll I'll listen in on one person, do some outside research, but then put that trust in that person to say, well, you know, everything all stacks up. Now, I'm not saying that everyone needs to play the same, but going back a, a, a step here, where I find the challenges are is by dealing with a lot of these opinions. Sean, you have been dealing with it for a very long time as well on your end. And you've probably seen every single opinion under the sun. I have officially and, two grey
1: hairs to show for it. One over here and one over here. <laughs> yes, two yes, only in my whole same, head of hair. Same.
0: <laughs> I got a grey <laughs> head you, you, from it. You've so. got two you've got two per square centimetre. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean, I guess tell us a little bit about you know what you've experienced maybe in the last, let's say, 12 months, right? Because let's say the, the hottest topic in any form of real estate conversation has been interest rates, right? Now, I'm not here to talk about interest rates, but what I'm here to talk about is obviously saying, what do you find is, I guess, the most challenging part when you're dealing with so many different opinions?
1: Fantastic question. Great question. I love the question. In terms of really addressing this, long story short, we get hit with a question in our Day in the life of a pro investment agent. Yep. One of the most often questions we get bombarded with is Sean, Mark, Kesh, Ryan, if if you were in my situation, what exactly would you be doing? Mm. And this hits me by surprise, shock, happiness pity every single time i get faced with this question and the reason it hits me with all those different varied emotions is because the buyer is trying to say mark if you were in exactly my financial position what would you be doing Mm. and the answer is more often than not what we actually recommend people to do which is okay We know this, right? I'm going to go back to this same train of thought that we always have for a while, which is there's three phases when it comes to your portfolio. There's the acquisitions phase, followed by consolidation, followed by your exit phase. And based on those three phases, if you were someone who asked me that same question, based on your opinion of what was going on, I would say what I naturally felt was the best in one of two divisions. Division number one is if I'm early in my portfolio, my suggestion is going to be naturally, based on success, based on the mentors that have helped me be where I am, Hmm. based on their success, my answer is going to be naturally leaning towards capital growth if your answer is that you fall under the acquisitions column. Mm -hmm. If you're an experienced investor and you have certain assets under your belt and you ask me the question, you're 55-plus years of age, you've done, for example, really well for yourself and then you're asking me going, what would I do in your situation? Then my answer would be geared towards cash flow. Mm. So I hope that makes a little bit of sense in terms of how I'd approach the answering of that question. But in terms of dealing with differing opinions, Mm. what are the opinions? The opinions are based on what we are being told from a macro environment. Mm. So what are we told from a macro environment? That, A, Right now is a very scary time to invest. Mm-hmm. So I link that, first of all, back to our textbooks. So our textbook says, when it's scary, you should be buying. Yep. And in theory it sounds good, but in reality, Mark, how many people practice this?
0: Well, I think a lot more people practice it uh, in their head after seeing it as a meme on social media. True. With a picture of Warren. Dogecoin to the moon. Right? Yep. Yeah, buy buy when the, uh, the market runs away Mm. and obviously run when the market's all buying but yeah you're right it it, you know people always yep yep i believe in that blah 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 and then push comes to shove and i'm just going to sit tight at the moment oh you know i was talking to a financial planner the other day just quickly off topic here you know and he was saying oh you know it's probably better to sit liquid at the moment i was like yeah all right fair enough that's what you recommend but isn't this an opportunistic time to be buying i don't know things are at discounted rates in some aspects why would you want to be liquid? I don't know. That, that, that's just how I see things. <laughs> Absolutely right? right. But, you know, because at the end of the day, you want to be leveraging off the good times, right? Uh, and we spoke about this a couple of times, uh, or maybe a couple of uh, episodes ago, uh, in regards to, you know, properties in mortgagee and possession, right? Realistically, it's only development sites at the moment that we're seeing fall into that category. Not many, and I mean not many at all, uh, like residential mum and dad's, you know, saying, oh, I'm, I'm bailing out, I need help, true, right? True, um, And if we haven't seen it by now, oh, we're waiting now for the mortgage cliff, these new new words that are coming out. We're waiting for this, we're waiting for that. And it was funny, I actually had someone say that to me the other day why they didn't want to progress with whatever it was. And I was just like, but "What? what's this mortgage cliff you're going to wait for? Is it going to affect you or is it, are you waiting for it to affect the market in order to get a, a discount? And I said, you're giving yourself – a different worded excuse to say that I'm waiting for that market to dip, and I said the same people like yourself have been doing that since probably the year two thousand and eight. You've actually right.
1: opened up the world, like the world of worms, on <laughs> on the sentiment finding a new term to scare off buyers. Yeah, and I think I think what's important is okay, GFC, financial crisis, yep, two thousand twenty, pandemic was the word, yep, to describe a constrictive economic Mm. environment. Mm -hmm. 2018, it was the Banking Royal Commission which affected a word called lending. Yep. 2023, it's the illusion of war. Well, Mm. let's say there is a war, Mm. but it's the war stopping you from making progress Mm. by yourself.
0: Mm. No, you're right. And, and, you know, again, it's just, it's the same excuse, like in deep down, but it's just the surface level is is coloured differently. True. Right. And that in itself is, I guess, what we're trained to see through as professionals you know because we've done it ourselves we've 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 got portfolios that have now withstood the test of time that are older than a decade they've gone through a lot they've gone through a lot even collectively if you look at all of our portfolios together there's let's just say 30 odd years of collective compounded real estate investment experience. And a right? healthy amount of profit and to show for at, it. Yes, there's that, but also in very different locations True. As well, right? Oh, true. So they've experienced very different things mm. in, in all different aspects. So I think, you know, um, yeah, look, again, just, just explaining again from my part, you know, guys, you know, looking at the macro, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head, Sean, macro, that word there um, is something that a lot of people uh, – do misunderstand? Let's say, in when they are doing, you know, analysis on a certain suburb, they need to be going micro, mm. because we know firsthand how many performing suburbs are outperforming what they have been doing in the last ten years. True, sure. what they're doing now, even in let's say the last five-year spread, they're smashing it, smashing it. And if you look then on the last twelve months, most of their growth happened in the last twelve months. Well, why is that? And then we start talking about a, you know, a few things that are logical and whatnot. And that's another thing that brings me to another point, Sean, I wanted to ask you about. When you invest, right, but putting this aside, when you're dealing with your investors, I should say, you know, and dealing with their challenges, do you feel like a lot of their pushback, uh, if you're dealing with something that has a bit of pushback, comes down to not using basic logic when it comes to investing?
1: So – Ladies and gentlemen, because we are on the topic of the world or the day in the life of an investment professional agent, it's a fantastic question. Do I feel like it It has anything to do with logic? Sure. So I'll take a very recent example. Yep. A recent example of working with a high net worth average income earner yep. who earns, let's say, in the top 1% of the Australian average income. Mm-hmm. And I started drawing out comparisons in the real estate market with a Sydney suburb. Compared yep. to another one. Mm-hmm. And the answer I got straight away once I drew out that comparison from this potential investor was, Well, that's an exception to the rule. That's an exception. And I said, Exceptions to the rule? Okay. So if there's a set of rules and mm-hmm. there's an exception, do you expect there to be more exceptions to the rule or more rules than the exception? Mm-hmm. If it's an if it's a true exception, yeah, yeah, yeah. how many exceptions are there gonna be? One? two, three, to the 50 hundred rules. So I opened up my arsenal of weapons that I always tucked away in my right breast pocket and I said, what about this suburb versus that suburb? Why is this the case? And they said, another exception. I said, great, what about this suburb versus that suburb? And they said, Mm. maybe another exception. And then I said, what about this suburb and that suburb? And they said, Well, Sean, I guess there's as many exceptions as there are (laughs) to the rules. Does that qualify to be an exception then? Absolutely not. Not in any textbook in the world. Not in mine at least. Not in yours. Not in Producer Ryan's. Not in our successful clients that have achieved big portfolios (laughs) over time. So when you hit people with logic that they are not accustomed to, Mm. what comes out of a natural buyer deciding to protest information that's presented to them is a fear backed by inaction. So when you when you look at the fear that's backed by inaction, there might have been a fear of a certain situation that they didn't progress with. And then looking back, hindsight is always twenty twenty. and I understand this. But looking back, they would have realized that, okay, I realize that there's certain exceptions to the rule. Now I've realized that there are facts and figures in the property market that do not follow the textbook of what I've been taught. Mm. So how can I trust that the next place I put my money into will follow what I want it to do, which is Mm. grow, you know, and prosper? Yep. So where does my role come into the situation is sharing what I've been through, sharing what my team's investments have been through and sharing what my client's investments have been through. Mm. Beyond that, you can't do much more to help someone become a successful investor apart from sharing true raw facts. But you have to really, I think, understand, Mark, where people are coming from when they validate their opinions a certain way. Absolutely. And we need to realize that they're validating it a certain way because maybe there is substance to their train of thought mm. that has been proved different over the last 20, 30 years of investment growth in Australia. But mm. but th- that becomes a very complex branch of where we help our clients um do things that are slightly more advanced than what what average investors do which we can talk to you guys about when you know you connect with our team on a, on a one-on-one basis but for, for the purpose of general discussion um, I think I think the question the the real answer to the question is you deal with it as best you can yeah you provide all the facts that sometimes seem counterintuitive and you hope that whoever's on the receiving end of the facts Make the best judgment um, for themselves. Mm.
0: I think that's a yeah, very good point. Uh, a, a good judgment for themselves, right? You, you hit the nail on the head because at the end of the day, the ultimate decision lays with the investor, right? And you know, when we when we discuss with uh, a lot of our clients and whatnot, you know, and we're talking about a specific suburb or whatever it may be in particular, I feel as though. Every time we make, uh, I guess we, we, we outlay all the information, it's all based on logic anyway, right? Any of the acquisitions that any of us have made as a group, let's say, has all been based on logic. It does this, it does that, does this, does that. Okay, well, why would I not get it, all mm. right? Why am I looking for this, as we always say, the unicorn, yep. right, expecting yep. that it's just going to pop out of nowhere, you know, in a shit market? How is a, a unicorn supposed to just pop out of it in a shit market? Not going to happen. But then it's a good market. We're still searching for this unicorn, but we still can't seem to find it. Yeah. Right. So we're always on this forever hunt, you know, feeling like that there's nothing out there. But again, that's because we're not using logic, right? Or we're not. We're not just looking at it for what it is. Because again, in our space, real estate is real estate. Let's not let's not beat around the bush and say, oh, you know, you know, you, sh- you need to be trading every day or you need to be looking at the market every day. No, you don't. True. You don't. True. You just need to look at past performance understand that what are we going through right now? Mm, rental crisis. That's the, the buzzword at the moment, right? We're going through a housing shortage. Mm, okay, so what does that mean? Hold on to a piece of real estate, probably get it rented out pretty quick. Oh, we're getting lines and lines and lines of people lining up to, to rent properties out. This is not just happening in Paddington in Sydney. This is happening in friggin' Alchemist in Western Australia. True. This is happening in Darwin. This is happening in Adelaide, right? It's happening everywhere in, in the world at the moment, specifically here in Australia. Um, why? affordability oh okay yeah you know what maybe i should get something why because i can afford to do it now that's just a good example of using logic i mean in my eyes anyway right and not overcomplicating things but again and that's and you would probably agree with me sean that is what the purpose of our role is as investment agents as well is to simplify this process for people to understand that what's in front of us is not difficult we're making that or as investors we're making that more difficult would sure. you agree
1: yeah sure yeah.
0: So I think, you know, I guess maybe a message for the people, Sean, especially from your end would be really good, is, you know, if you are thinking of getting into the market and engaging with a, doesn't matter, buyer's agent, investment agent, broker, lawyer, you know, garbage man, whatever you want to do, what would be your best point of advice, best piece of advice, I guess, to say to those that are on the fence thinking about it, you know, and and how do they make not only their own lives easier, but also the agents that they deal with easier?
1: Sure. I mean, um, in the broader scope of answering that question mark, there comes the the secondary question of intention. And mm. when I talk about intention, what's the intention of a uh, of, of a mum and dad calling up the local top real estate agent, asking them, going, "Hey, I want to move into the area. Also, I want to buy an investment property in the area. What would you recommend me?" Mm. What's the intention there? The intention is that is there a vendor motivation to offload a certain property? Mm. The answer is sure there is. Although, can a good real estate agent, a top one percent real estate agent, have done enough work to make his vendor satisfied in his performance and still give a buyer a good enough outcome if they're genuine and upfront to to him about him or her about their intentions? The answer is yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When it comes to the garbage man scenario, would I be asking the garbage man who tells me at an afternoon drink up, going, I would have, should have, could have bought Leichhardt when it was 400K? Mm. I would have, should have, could have bought the Ponds when it was 300K? Mm. Or would I listen to the garbage man who has done those suburbs at the price points he does? And then I'll say, hey, you've done it. So the difference is who you're working with needs to matter on a Yes, their position in the grand scheme of things, but also Mm. B, do they walk the talk? Do they recommend what they are? Are they practicing what they preach? Mm. That's where I would come from. And you tell this to your buyers, I tell this to my buyers, and I have been for a while, is when you come on board with us, for example, we actually don't badmouth shares. Mm. We don't badmouth shares saying that property is better. If I look at what my properties have returned me over what my shares have returned me, Properties have smashed shares, mm. but I don't badmouth shares to people I meet because if you know what you're doing in shares, you will do well. Absolutely. We've enjoyed talking about shares all the time, mm. but we know our properties do better because of certain things such as leverage, positioning, timing, you know, whatever it is, type, style, structure. Yep. So um, it leads me into this narrative of um, I know what I get asked all the time and we can probably wrap this up after this, but a day in the life of, of a pro agent or a pro investment firm agent is what is the most common thing you get asked when you are outside the office mm. and you are at your barbecue meetup with your wife's brothers, your your cousins, your friends and family. What does everyone chew your brain about outside the office and outside all your professional connections? The answer for me is I reach a barbecue meetup, and the first thing that I get asked when it's the meet and greets are over is, hey, Sean, so what do you think the market's going to do? That's the first thing that I get asked because yeah. I've been in the industry. I'm supposed to know the answer. Reality is I do know the answer, and my response to everyone is the market's going to do what the market's always done, which is rise, correct, stay flat, rise again, correct, repeat. And I was going to ask you the same thing. What is the most common thing you get asked by people that are not your clients? It's like I've I've, um, dated a couple – I mean, sorry. I've uh, met a couple of uh, (laughs) – that was just a joke. That was a joke from Producer Ryan. They put it into my uh, postcards out there. But anyway, (laughs) I've met a couple of uh, people in the medical field that are really high incomes, professionals to the T. And in their circles, they almost feel like because they have this professional tag of being – a neuro or a dentist, mm. that the free advice is limitless, it's boundless. Mm. They go to a barbecue party and the first question they ask is, how do I know I don't have cancer because of this? Or mm. how do I know I'm not going to die because of this condition? Mm. So there's a lot of free advice that comes out because people take the liberty to ask you, right? Yep. What's apart from what's the market going to do, Mark, the most common question you get asked because you're in the, the grind, you're in the business every single day.
0: You know, it's it's funny, probably the, the second question that gets asked after that one. Which is so you do
1: get the same one. Oh, yeah. It's just words. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's a going? wrap. Yeah.
0: So the the second question that you get with that in the last twelve months is, do you think they'll drop the rates yet? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I like how they're asking you that uh, question. Yeah.
0: And and I get uh RBA on the on the other line there and I just get a uh, a zero answer from them. So,
1: yeah. So the RBAs, I mean, a hold line goes for about two years, right? If you've ever tried calling the RBA guys, it'll be on hold for about two years. Anyway, by then, which you'll have already had your answer, I suppose. Although what I've realized is where I get the best responses from people being the pro pro agent, and I'm sure you would as well if you start trying this angle, Mm -hmm. is you start giving them the answer that they don't expect you to answer. Yep. For example, do you think it's a good time to be buying real estate right now, Mark? Give me the devil's advocate answer right now.
0: Yes. The right time to buy is 20 years ago is what I always no, say. That, that's the correct that's answer. That's the correct I'm answer. asking for the well, devil's the, advocate but, answer. The, the, the devil's advocate is, you know, when is the right time to buy? I don't know. Is that ask, ask,
1: ask me a good investment question. I'll tell you the devil's advocate uh, advocate response. Well, all right. I'm
0: going to ask you the same thing. Sure. When is the right time to buy?
1: Definitely not right now. And why is that? Do you know how scary it is out there? Do you know how many people are losing their jobs? Do you know what sort of economic recession we're in? The reason why you're asking me the question is because you haven't bought in the last six months. True? Yep. Yep. You know that you eventually will probably have to buy. Yep. Great. I don't reckon today, but I reckon tomorrow might be a better day.
0: Okay. (laughs) I'll put a deposit down tomorrow then. Fantastic. (laughs) And that's how it's done. It's
1: literally that simple, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome
0: righty. Well, I think we'll wrap that up now. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for your time. Another Friday night live. Um, we'll be back next week. Kesh will be back on deck as per usual. It'll be the trio in the room making noise, but uh, until then guys, we thank you very much for your time and we'll see you next week.